Well, I bring you greetings this morning in the name of Jesus, the one that I trust that we're here to worship and to serve. It is a blessing to be able to be here. And uh, yeah, it's a blessing to come and to worship with you. I've been challenged this morning as we were talking in, in Sunday school and just looking at all those things that apply to our lives and that of walking after Christ. So for a, a message this morning, I'm going to kind of, how should I say, I guess I didn't, I didn't realize it's a good thing. We talked a little bit about um, love in, in our Sunday school lesson, and uh, I'm going to continue that on, at least in part, a part of my message here this morning. And just broaden that out a little bit. The title of my message this morning is Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all. Most of us here this morning have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We are somewhere on our walk with Him. Um, some have been in relationship with Jesus Christ for many years. Some not as long. Uh, maybe some it's a few years or maybe a few months or a few days. I, I don't know where you're at this morning. Not all of our relationships are at the same level. <clears throat> but that's not really what I'm going to focus on this morning. And the, the question that I have this morning that I want us to think about is who is Jesus Christ to you? What does Jesus Christ mean to you? Here this morning. Who is he to you? How do you relate or when you think of Jesus Christ as your Savior, what comes to your mind? How do you relate to him? How do you picture him in your mind? What has he done for you? And you know, there's some that Christ has maybe delivered them. It was a, dr a dramatic change in their life. And so Christ may mean an exceptionally amount or a uh, mean a lot, a lot to those people. And there's some of us who maybe didn't have a dramatic conversion. I didn't have a dramatic conversion, and yet, how do I picture Jesus Christ? Who is He to me this morning? Looking at Jesus, Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, I'm going to have three parts in the message this morning looking at Jesus my Lord and that of a love for our Lord. Jesus my God, we're going to look at worship of our Lord. And then last of all, we're going to be looking at Jesus my all. And the question I have with that is how far am I willing to go with Jesus Christ? Turn with me to John chapter 12. <clears throat> we'll start out as... In this, this here part, with their, our love for Christ. John chapter 12 here, as you're turning to that, is the context is, is right before Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. It's about approximately six days before the Passover. And we have Jesus sitting down to a meal here with at the... Uh, at the house of, I believe it was Lazarus. John chapter 12, starting at verse 1. 
Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. And there they made a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. And then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, and had the bag, and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, Let her alone. Against the day of my burning has she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but ye have not all, but but me ye have not always. What I want to look at here this morning is talking about um, the sacrifice, Mary's sacrifice here for Jesus. Looking at um, verse five talks about. Uh, Judas Iscariot was saying here, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? And looking at the amount that this cost Mary to give to Jesus. It's approximately here um, known as approximately a year's wages is what that amount was. I guess the question that this begs to, to be answered here is, is in looking at this, would I be willing to give that amount to my Lord? Mary here was spent this amount of money, and and maybe it wasn't just spent right then. We're not sure when she had, or when she was had had uh, gotten this ointment, but it was very costly. And you know, am I willing to spend to make that kind of sacrifice for my Lord? The way Jesus or the way Mary did here, Mary made the sacrifice because of her love for him. Do you, do I, truly love the Lord that much this morning that we'd be willing to give to give that much? Obviously, we know that there's 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 no monetary value that we can place on our Lord. But the Lord was precious to Mary. The Lord was, she, I, I picture her um, having a relationship with him. She loved him. She desired to be with him. And out of her love for him, she was willing to make this sacrifice for the Lord. I see this as a, as a, as a pouring out of herself to Jesus here. And so, back to this question, am, am I willing to sacrifice, and are you willing this morning to sacrifice that, or to make that kind of sacrifice for the Lord? And you know, I don't know where the Lord has called you. I don't know where God has called us to different parts, different places in our lives. And yet, I guess the point I want to make here is, in, as I go through life, as I'm where the Lord has called me, am I living life with an open hand? Am I willing to give to the Lord because of, or as a result of, my love for Him. How precious 
is your Lord to you this morning? How precious is Jesus to you this morning? Mary here gave simply out of a love for her Lord. She loved Him. <clears throat> he was dear to her heart. And because of her love for Him, she was willing to make that sacrifice and to give to her Lord. <clears throat> and you know, as we look at life, I want to bring this in here also. You know, as we're followers of Jesus Christ... 1 Corinthians talks about this, that we're not our own. We were not placed here on this earth simply to live life for ourselves. Now granted, our flesh wants to do that. But we were not placed here to live for ourselves. We were bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You know, I believe Mary was glorifying Jesus and what she did for Him there on that day. Bringing that to us today here, you know, we have a choice to glorify God. God never forces Himself upon us. We are given a choice to follow Him and to glorify Him as we, as we live life. You know, we can fill our flesh. Some of us have done that. And I trust we're not anymore, but um, we can fill our flesh, feed our flesh. You know, that's... that's I use the word default. That's where our flesh turns to, 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 to be filled. There's, we live in life. As we live life, there is a battle between the flesh and between our life with Christ and glorifying Him. So we can. We do have a choice. We can feed our flesh. But you know, Solomon talked about that. And he said it's all vanity. Solomon had opportunity to... Indulge in the things of the world. Um, money wasn't a problem for him. If he wanted it, he could have it. And you know, when Solomon got to the end of the life, uh, end of his life, he said, "It's all vanity. There was no fulfillment in that." In fact, the end is destruction and separation from God. And so, God desires that we would glorify Him with our lives. He desires that we would glorify Him with everything, that being our, our body, our soul, and our spirit. Serving Him from our hearts, because He is God. He deserves, He deserves the glory due to His name. He desires that we would be, or that He would be the apple of our eye. And so the choice is ours, but I trust this morning as we're living life that we're glorifying God with what He has given us and, and how we live our lives, that we would be glorifying Him. So like I, I like to flip back to Mary here and her service for the Lord. Um, Mary here anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped His feet 
with, it, with her hair. It was an act of service, an act of gratefulness. I believe it was the, 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 the only way or the best way that Mary could show her love for the Lord. She displayed her love for her Lord to those that were there in the house by doing this for him, by anointing him, by anointing his feet. <clears throat> I also believe this morning that our service for the Lord will be affected by how much we love him. Our service for the Lord will be affected by how much we love him. And so, I guess in looking at this, I want us to, 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 to dig um, deeply and search our hearts and ask ourselves, how much do I love the Lord? How much am I willing to give to Him? And am I willing to serve Him this morning? <clears throat> do you love the Lord this morning with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind? I trust we do. I trust we do. And I trust that as we're serving the Lord, we're putting our heart into service for Him and glorifying Him throughout our lives. What is the measure of your love for your Lord today? Think about that. And I, I, as, I was, as I was preparing this, I was challenged. And, and looking at this, you know, what is the measure of my love for my Lord? How much am I willing to give to my Jesus today. Point number two here this morning, that of Jesus my God, we're going to be looking at worship. You can turn with me to First Chronicles a while. First Chronicles chapter 16. As we look at the word worship here this morning, I just want to give a definition kind of to get us all on the same page. I, I think we know what worship is. And, you know, I decided to go to Webster's and just, just have a look at what Webster's has to say about worship. What is worship? Well, according to Webster's, worship is to honor or show reverence for as a divine being or supernatural power. And that, a second definition there, reverence offered a divine being or supernatural power. <clears throat> Talk about reverence and honor. And so this morning, what does worship look like to you? Do you think about worship? I believe here this morning we are together worshiping the Lord. And that is good. That is what I believe He has called us to do. I believe He wants us to do it. And I would call this collective or public worship. The other form of worship I, that I was thinking about here this morning too is, is our personal worship. That is our alone time with God. Personal worship. And so there's, there's two different types. There's worship that we do with, with other believers and then there's, I believe there's also worship that we do alone with God in worshiping Him as our, as our Lord. <clears throat> First Chronicles 16, starting in at, at verse 25. This here is, 
is a Psalm of David. Um, it's not in Psalms, but it is a Psalm of David here of thanksgiving. So, our First Chronicles 16, verse 25. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. For all the people, or I'm sorry, for all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Glory and honor in His presence, strength and gladness are in His place. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Talking about worshiping the Lord. We look up there in the first couple of verses, talk about some of the attributes of God. Um, verse 27 talks about glory and honor are His. Verse 25, great is the Lord. We serve a God who is great. We serve a God who... I guess He's hard to describe um, this morning. God is beyond all that we know. God is beyond all that we understand. And this is our God. And you know, I'm challenged this morning as, as we think about God and who He is, and it's hard to comprehend in our, in our finite minds to understand who God really is. Because He's so big. Because He's so small, if you're going to look at, at the other side of, of, of nature, when you start looking at things in a microscope. But the whole scope of God, and yet what I want to, what I want to look at here this morning is the God who is so great, our God, has an interest in, the, in each of our individual lives, cares about who we are, and desires that we would worship Him. He's talking about, too, glory due unto His name. We were talking about that we are here to glorify God. Um, what is that glory that is due unto His name? And I believe we are to bring glory to God with our lives. But the things we do, the places we go, the way that we live our lives. And I ask you this morning, is glorifying God wrapped around our existence? And what I'm talking about there, does, does the fact of glorifying God with my life, does that wrap around my existence? It's out of glorifying God is how I operate my life. Every avenue that I turn to in life, does it go through that of glorifying God? Is that my number one goal in life, that of glorifying God? And I believe as followers of Christ, we are called to that. As followers after God, we are called to glorify Him with our lives with, and, and with the people that we are. And so is glorifying God wrapped around my existence. Is that who I am? I trust it is. You know we do live in the flesh and we do fail at times, but I'm, I'm talking about our ultimate goal, of that of glorifying God with our, with our lives. <clears throat> you know we were created by God to give glory to Him. You know, think back in, in creation. <clears throat> when God created Adam and Eve, 
and I believe the glory that he got um, out of creating them and also the rest of his creation. You know, creation itself glorifies God without trying it. Um, you, have, you have nature, you have the flowers. Um, glorify God by their beauty. Um, and, and these other things, the stars, the heavens, there's glory to God there. But you know, I believe the, the, the most glory that can come to God is by we as humans when we choose to glorify Him. He has given us a choice. And you know, God could have made us with instinct like He does animals. But I believe that wouldn't have given God the glory. Or it wouldn't have. That, that would not have given God the glory like our choice to, to glory and honor Him. And so He has given us a choice. We were created to give glory. We were created to worship. The whole, the, the whole desire to worship something was implanted in each one of us. And you know this morning, we as people are going to worship something or someone. We will worship. That has been instilled in us from creation. God has created within us a desire to worship so that we would choose to worship Him. And yet, like I said, He has not put that in us as, as, as He did in, an, or in animals, the, the idea of instinct. But He has given us a choice. And I challenge us this morning, let's choose to glorify God. Going on then to verse 20, 29, um, that of bringing an offering. Um, in the Old Testament, when, when people came to worship, they would bring an offering to, to be offered <coughs> for their sins, and, and, and that was part of their worship experience. Today, I believe, um, bringing an offering into coming before the Lord, that of... Today, I believe, coming before the Lord... Um, We need, let me just reword that. Today, as we come before the Lord, I believe we need to come before Him with an attitude of openness, making available ourselves and our lives for the Lord to use us. That's, I believe, is what He's talking about, or can be relayed in, in the way we live life today, and that of bringing an offering, an offering and coming before Him. And then He talks about worshiping. The Lord in the beauty of holiness. And I don't know what comes to your mind this morning as you think of that phrase of worshiping the Lord in the beauty of holiness. As I was looking at that, as I was, as I was thinking about that, I, I see that as a worshiping the Lord in the beauty of holiness as a heart connection to God. Communing with God. Connected, being connected with God. Worshiping Him in the beauty of of holiness. <clears throat> Worshiping Him because He is God. Because of what He has done for us. Worshiping and the beauty of holiness. And you know, we were talking about it in Sunday school here this morning of how there was some of us here were talking about worship experiences and where you just didn't feel connected. Your soul... And spirit were not connected. And I believe this morning, 
what, what I'm talking about, a worshiping in the beauty of holiness, is a time when we come before the Lord and we feel connected to God. There's a heart connection as we're sitting there or as we're worshiping God, whether it's in public worship or whether it's private worship in our devotions or, or time spent with God. There's a connection, a heart connection with God. So I ask you this morning, in your worship either today or, or sometime in the past, have you been connected to God? Are you connecting to God through worship? Are you connecting? Are you connected to Him? It is through our worship of God and our, and our desire to, to be with Him and to, to seek Him that, that we gain strength for our lives from day to day. <clears throat> Worshiping in the beauty of holiness. Another aspect of worship is, is that of bowing before the Lord. Turn with me to Psalm 95. It talks about bowing before the Lord. Psalm 95, verses 6 and 7a. <clears throat> Psalm 95, verse 6. So come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. <coughs> I'll cease reading there. But here it's talking about that of bowing down, of reverence to our God. Bowing down before Him. Kneeling before the Lord, our God, our Maker. And as, as you come to, to worship and as you <clears throat> bow down before the Lord, I'm talking about or I'm thinking about the idea of reverence. And you know, something that has challenged me um, in modern Christianity today, in, in society, I believe there is a lack of reverence for holy God. And I challenge us to, to think about that. You know, how do I reverence God? How do I feel toward holy God? And I, I believe when you look at God and you take away the, the, uh, the idea of holiness and God is just becomes a God of love and maybe our big brother and, and on and on, the list goes on. When you look at God in that way, I believe there is a lack of reverence for who He is. But when you look at God for who He really is and His holiness and that God is just, and that God hates sin. And that I'm a sinful being except for Jesus Christ. It gives me a different picture of who God is. Yes, God is a God of love. Praise the Lord that He is. But we cannot let out that God is a holy God. And that God is just. And me in my sinful state will endure punishment if I stay there. But praise God, He has made a way for us through salvation. But the, the, back to the idea here of our reverence to God. Do we reverence God for who He really is? And I believe through Jesus Christ, God has provided a way that we can come to the Father. We can come to Him. And yet, let's not forget that God, the God that struck people down in the Old Testament is still the same God that we serve. 
And there were reasons that he did that. But let's not, let's, I challenge us not to view God as, as or not to, to shallow our view of God, but to hold him in reverence to who he really is as we come to worship him. He goes on to say about kneeling before him, that of worship and prayer, and that we are, that he's our God and we are his sheep. He's our shepherd. He is in. He is in control. And so, um, looking at God as, as our shepherd, one other thing I wanted to add here. You know, God cares about us. And Psalms talks about that, him being our shepherd. Um, God cares about us. He leads us. He cares about us. And he wants us to follow him. He is our shepherd, but as we follow him, let's remember that he is in control. He is leading us. And so as we worship this morning and, and, and think about, or as we are worshiping him this morning and thinking about who he is and our reverence to him, are we worshiping him from the heart this morning? Are you worshiping him from the heart? this week or this past week have you been I challenge us um, this morning do you have that connection with God do you have that heart connection with God and you know it's different for each individual but I believe when, when we are connected to God we know it and there's a difference in our lives because of that relationship that we have with God Moving on to point number three, that of Jesus, my all. And the question of how far am I willing to go with Christ. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. We're going to look at what Paul had to say here um, <clears throat> about the love of Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or pearl, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This morning, are you persuaded, as Paul was, that nothing could separate him from the love of Christ? You know, I asked you the question, how far am I willing, how far are you willing to go with Christ? Do you believe this morning from the bottom of your heart that Christ is all that you need? That Christ is your all in all? And if you believe that, then how far are you willing to go with Him? Paul here was persuaded that Christ was his all in all. He talks about, um, yeah, 
neither death nor life, angels, principalities, powers. None of those things could separate him from the love of Christ. You know, earthly powers, evil powers. Um, talking about things of today, things in the present, he says here. Things to come, the future. Nothing could separate him from the love of Christ. You know, this morning, God knows what we're facing. And you know, I'm thankful we live in a, a country of freedom. We have freedom to worship. And yet, I challenge us to be on guard, to be thinking, maybe keeping in front of us, that we may not always have that. And I challenge us this morning to, um, to know and to understand from our hearts where we stand in Christ. Is Christ your all in all this morning? Or are you depending on your own strength to get through life? You know, I'd like to add this. Paul talks about nothing being able to separate us from the love of Christ, and that is absolutely true. But I believe the only thing that can separate us from God's love or Christ in our lives is our choice to walk away. That's the only thing that can separate us. That doesn't change the love of Christ. That's always going to be there. But the factor, the power of the love of Christ having effect on my life can be separated. Can, we can separate that from ourselves if we choose to walk away. Back to what I was saying there a little bit about, you know, we don't know what, what the future holds. And, you know, I, I, have, no, I have no intention of, of putting fear in your hearts this morning. But I believe we need to understand, we need to know where we're at with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because I can't stand here this morning and guarantee you that we're going to have freedom of religion like we've always had. We have been a blessed people. We are a blessed people. And we don't know the future. Maybe, maybe for the rest of our lives we will live in with freedom of religion and the freedoms we have. I don't know that. But with the outlook of things today, we don't know what the future holds. And so, let's know where we stand. Let's know who is our all in all. And let's be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1 7 and 8 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me, his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And the last part of that verse, verse 8 there has challenged me. Paul was talking to Timothy here. And he wasn't making a flowery speech and telling Timothy how easy the Christian life was going to be. But he says, not to be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ and to be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Not in his own strength, but according to the power of God. And so Paul here was alluding to Timothy that there probably is going to be afflictions with serving Christ. And I'm just passing that on to you this morning, to us, to me, 
as a challenge. There's probably going to be afflictions. There are afflictions with being a partaker or being a servant of Jesus Christ. But he challenges us here to be a partaker of those afflictions according to the power of God. I'd like to conclude here this morning with a promise that Jesus gave to his disciples. Uh, Matthew 28. We know this as, as the, the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, um, verse 18. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And I just want to focus in here on the last part of verse 20 there. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. No, as I was talking about earlier, none of us know what the future is going to hold. We don't know. We never have. Nobody ever has known what the future is going to hold. Unless, of course, you were a prophet in the Old Testament or something like that that was revealed to you. But for the most part, we don't know what the future is going to hold. And yet we have the promise from our Savior, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It says, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And so this morning... How far are you willing to go with Christ? How far are you allow, are willing to allow Him to take you in life? Are you persuaded that He is your all in all? How far are you, how far am I willing to go with Him? You know, I'm thankful this morning that... that we were not placed in this earth just to do it on our own. Life may be challenging. Life may be a struggle at times. But Jesus Christ is going to be with us. And we have that promise. Here in Matthew, he talks about that. We can trust him because he is our all in all. Shall we kneel for prayer?